there's this sign that says, if I go out and I do what God's called me to do, he's going to come through for me. Are you with me? Does anybody need a sign this morning? Come on. We're going to get a sign from God. God, show me that you're in this. Give me a sign that my life matters. That what you have me doing at this time in this season matters. Church, if you were asking this question this week, here's your sign. Here's your sign. What you're doing matters. That your life matters. The reason you put breath in your lungs is because there's purpose to your life. Are you with me? Your life matters. Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. I was thinking about this message, and God been putting this message on my heart all week long, um, basically since Saturday of last week. And, and so I'm excited to get in here and dive into this. But what stood out for me was, was Bill Ingvall's Here's Your Sign. Does anybody remember that? Here's your sign. Anybody listen to that back in the 90s, early 90s? It's basically like calling somebody an idiot. Does anybody remember that? You know, and it's like, it's like somebody pull up, they'd see you with, you're, you're jacking up your car, and, and they're like, pull up next to you and flat tire. And he goes, no, I was just driving along. The other three just swelled right up on me, you know. He says, here's your sign. Of course it was a flat tire, you know. Or, or some, another funny one that I liked was, uh, um, it, 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 where, where somebody, you know, they, they pass out and, and somebody comes over to them and they go, did you faint? He said, no, I was just doing a trust fall with the ground. Like, what do you think? Here's your sign, you know. So anyway, somebody tell your neighbor that today's message is titled, here's your sign. Here's your sign. Here's your sign. In first chapter, or first Samuel chapter 10, who got there already? Give me a shout. Good. I'm glad you made it. First Samuel chapter 10, verse 5 says, when you arrive to Gebeah, of God, where the garrison of the Philistines is located, you will meet a band of prophets coming down from the place of worship. They will be playing a harp, a tambourine, a flute, and a lyre, and they will be prophesying. Verse 6, at, the time, at that time, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them. You will be changed into a different person. Verse 7, after these signs take place, somebody say signs, after these signs take place, do what must be done, for God is with you. Verse 8. Then go down to Gilgal in, ahead of me. I will join you there to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. You must wait for seven days until I arrive to give you further instructions. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word this morning. God, I thank you that you are in this thing with us. And God, I pray, Lord, that your word would speak to us today. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place to rock us, to change us, to help us to be more like you. So God, we just give you the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. This week, um, so why, why I've been thinking about this message since Saturday is that on Saturday I got to meet with, with Reuben. He's watching online. Um, and Reuben and his family because his mother has passed away. And uh, it was, I was so honored that they would call me and ask me to do the memorial. And, and uh, so Saturday morning I went over to their house and I'm getting to know the family through Reuben and through his aunts, and, and uh, as we're sitting there talking together, and I'm getting to know them, um, one of his aunts, Aunt Martha, has said to me, Pastor Justin, I just want to thank you for putting the signs out on the street. So I brought one for you in case you hadn't seen them as you drive by. You know, now you get to see them in life size, right? When you're driving by at 50 miles an hour, they look pretty small, but they're, they're not small, and 
but uh, I put all these signs out. I learned, I learned some cool stuff about signs from, from some of my real estate buddies that I got here. I remember, uh, David, I'm so glad you're here, bud, and I don't mean to point you out in front of everybody, but I just did. So, um, but uh, I remember meeting David the first time. He's like, you're a church guy, and you put out like 30 signs. It's, it's crazy. Some of my real, realtors don't put out that many signs. And, but uh, I, I got to be honest with you. Uh, earlier this year, we had gone through a lot of changes and lost a lot of volunteers, and things were really difficult around here for a little bit. And, and I kind of found myself not having enough time to put the signs out. I'd be out here helping and putting everything up. And now we have such an incredible team, so thank you so much. Like, I can go put the signs out, and it's no problem. But when she was talking to me, she's like, if you hadn't have put those signs out, Reuben wouldn't have seen them and wanted to go to church. And I went, oh, my gosh. There's this conviction from the Lord, like, don't be lazy, Justin. Put those signs out. Somebody might be looking for a sign from God, and that might be the sign they find, right? And so you just never know. So as, as, uh, as we're going through this today and talking about here's your sign, um, I, I told her, and she said this three times, three different times as we talked about her, her sister and, and, and all those different things. She just kept going, Pastor Justin, thank you for those signs. Thank you for those signs. And, and I got to wonder how many of us are wondering if, if what we're doing matters. You ever wonder that? Like, oh, man, I'm going through this thing called life, and, or I'm putting out signs. Like, does anybody even see those things? Like, I don't even know if anybody cares if those things get put out, right? And you might be thinking that in your area of ministry. You might be thinking that as a mom. I know that it was hard sometimes for moms to be sitting at home with their kids, and like, or maybe you're a stay-at-home dad, the same thing, right? Wherever you're at, like, you might be thinking, like, does anybody see me? Does, does what I do matter? Come on. Is anybody feeling that with me? Come on. There was times where I'm like, is it worth it to put out these signs and almost get ran over on that? Everybody else is still going 50 miles an hour when I pull over and put those signs in. Right? There's times I, I actually had somebody yelling obscenities at me today when I was putting the signs out. And I just made me pray harder. Come on, because I just got more excited. Because we're just going to touch more of this city. Oh man, I, I, was, I, I didn't tell him he was number one the way that normal people would do. Right? Are you with me? But instead I was just praying and going like, yes God, if, if I can mess up some of the different idiocracies that happen in our city. Man, I would love to just stir things up. Is anybody with me? I get excited about these kinds of things. Tell me I can't do something. Maybe it's the Marine in me. I don't know. Right? We did so many dumb things as Marines. So many dumb things. I mean, we, we had like this a pinnacle week of dumb things, right? I had this one sergeant. I would, we, we, we all kind of got together and we were like, we got this idea. We're going to do something silly. And so we told him, I said, hey, I'll give you five bucks if you'll snort some, some uh, uh, Taco Bell sauce. This, this is what your tax dollars are paying for. Just, just great, great warriors. Are you with me? And, and, and so, of course, he did it. You know, he didn't do it for the five bucks. He did it for the facial expressions and the things we're going to laugh at him about. Right? And, oh, my gosh, all the dumb things we did. But, anyway, it, it was good stuff. If I got any Marines in here, give me an oorah. Yeah, you guys did that stuff, too. I know it. So, here, here's the first point this morning for those that are taking notes. Do I have some note takers out there? Got a few note takers? Okay. First, first point this morning is God gives signs to those he's called. God gives signs to those he's called. You know, to Moses, who, who was not believing if he could do what God has asked him to do, he said, what do you have in your hand? And he says, I have a staff. He says, throw it on the ground. He throws it on the ground, it turns into a snake. How many of you would be like, I'm out, just right there? 
Are you kidding me? Like, but he throws it on the ground, and then he says, all right, now pick it back up. So he grabs it, and it turns back into a staff. God showed him a sign that, hey, I'm going to be with you when you go out here, when you go out to do what I've called you to do, right? Uh, another, another one was Gideon. I love Gideon. I'm a big Gideon fan. Do we have any Gideon fans in here? One sign for Gideon was, was uh, he, he had had this little rag out there, and he says, God, if it's really you, put dew on the rag but not on the grass around it. And so he'd wake up the next morning, and there's dew on the rag and no dew on the grass around it. He's like, all right, maybe that was a coincidence. So he says, all right, now do the opposite. Now I'm, tomorrow I, when, I want to see dew on the grass but not on the rag. And, and, of course, he wakes up the next day, and there's dew on the grass but not on the rag. And he's like, okay, so the Lord is speaking to me. He's telling me he wants me to do something. Another one for Gideon is, is uh, God had called him to go to battle. He told him to go out to war. And he said, hey, I want you to take these men with you. And actually, everybody that drinks water the wrong way, I want, them to, I want you to tell them to go home. He's like, God, we're already outmanned. We're already, don't, we're already low in numbers, and you want me to send anybody home? If anything, I should be asking more people to join us. Grab a pitchfork. We're going to do something. Are you with me? Uh, Marines would do it. You know, that's just what they do. But it doesn't matter what you have. But he, he, he did. He watched them, how they, how they drink water, and the ones that drink the wrong way, he told them to go home. And then they went to, wa- went to war with 300 men to, co- to overcome the battle and see what God could do in and through it. Jesus tells his disciples to go out by twos, and hey, when you get over here, you're going to find a colt. Just tell them it's for me. How many of you are like, yeah, if I go and find somebody's horse, I'm not going to untie it and tell, yeah, I've got a buddy who needs this. Are you with me? Like, no, no. He, he said, go, go and tell them it's for me. They'll give it to you. There, there's this sign that says, if I go out and I do what God's called me to do, he's going to come through for me. Are you with me? Does anybody need a sign this morning? Come on. We're going to get a sign from God. God, show me that you're in this. Give me a sign that my life matters. That what you have me doing at this time in this season matters. Church, if you were asking this question this week, here's your sign. Here's your sign. What you're doing matters. That your life matters. The reason you put breath in your lungs is because there's purpose to your life. Are you with me? Your life matters. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything and was created and is supreme over all creation. Verse 16. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities of the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Verse 17. He existed before anything else. And he holds all creation together. Verse 18. Christ is also the head of the church, which is the body. He is the beginning, supreme overall, who, who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God is in all fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And verse 20. And through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. I want to tell you this morning that you are not an accident. You're not an accident. Now, some of you might have, might have been born like me. I was born out of wedlock. Most would consider that an accident, right? My mom was 19 years old when she had me. And she, it could have been any of three different guys she had been with that month. And she wasn't sure which one was the dad. So I was born with three different last names until they figured out who, who the dad was. 
Some of us feel like you might be an accident. Some, even your parents, you're like, hey, you know, we planned for your brother and your sister, but then you came along 10 years later. Are you with me? You're our little happy accident. Do I have any of those in here? Yeah, I got a few people like that. You feel like sometimes you're an accident. Sometimes you feel like when you're going through life, you're like, is there any purpose to this at all? Anybody could do what I'm doing. Why, God? Why am I here? Right? Or maybe you've lost someone recently. You know, I've, I lost my dad last year. I lost my best friend last year. You lost someone recently, and you ask yourself, why, why are they gone, and why am I still here? You ever ask questions like that? You look at people. My, my dad was a pastor down in Florida. Right? He's loving on God's people. We were believing for a miracle, and the miracle didn't come. The miracle came on the other side of heaven as he got to dance on the streets of gold with Jesus. Are you with me? My, one of my best friends, he did more in 41 years than most people do in 80 it's insane. And I ask myself, God, why am I still here? And I'm thinking to myself, maybe i just not, not quick enough to get it. Are you with me? Right? Maybe God's like, you know, I, I just need you to get your purpose. They, he got his purpose in 41 years. Your dad got his purpose in 60-something years. But you, you know, you're going to take a little longer. Are you with me? Anybody with me? No? Okay, good. I'll preach to myself. It's cool. I'll watch this later and be like, amen, pastor. That was a good word. Wow. Incredible. But you are not an accident in all of his creation. You were made with purpose and intentionality. Come on. Those, those things that people don't like about you, he loves about you. He loves about you. He made you just that way to stand out, to stand out amongst the crowd. It's okay to be different. Are you with me? So, so many of us are trying so hard just to fit in. Just to be like everybody else. We watch the same shows. We, we root for the same teams. We, we, we end up trying to just fit in. But we're not meant to fit in. We're meant to stand out. You were given a free will. Come on, somebody say free will. And you have the choice of whether or not to walk in God's purpose. You have the choice. He's so good, he gave you the choice. And some of us were like, man, I, this world's so messed up. Why would I even want to believe in God? There's so many bad things happening all over the world. How could I believe in God? But you know what? He gave all those people a free will and a choice. And you know what? A lot, of us, a lot of us are too scared to actually say, God, I trust you. God, I believe. Because uh, there's this fear that what if it doesn't happen? What if it doesn't work? What if I pray for something and it doesn't come through? Come on. There's, there's just so much more to it than that. Are you with me? No? Okay. Good. I'm like, i got to check on my hearing or something. can't hear anybody today. <sighs> You're with me. Oh, good. Hey, Dave's with me. Dave's with me. You know what? God created you. And, and you know what? From this day forward, what if? What if we just trusted him? What if we just sought him? What if we just asked him, prove yourself? Show me you're real. Show me. I did this at five years old. I might sound like a weird kid to you, but at five years old, I'm like, God, if you're real, I want to see lightning tonight. Ridiculous, right? Like, what's going to happen? I, a lightning storm happened that night for me. I was like, holy buckets, like God is real. Five years old, here we go, it's happening, you know? Like, it's a real deal. And you know what? There's other times where I'm like, I want to believe for something. I want to believe that somebody can be healed if I pray for them. But what if it doesn't happen? What if, I, what if it doesn't work? What if, what if I told them I'm praying for them and then it doesn't happen? Then they're not going to believe in God. But what if it does? What if it does? What if you pray and God does a miracle? What if? 
I mean, I, I've met so many people that are so cynical about if God is real or not. I, I, I mean, nothing can change anybody until they see it for themselves, how real he is. I loved, I loved watching my mother-in-law get healed, watching her shoulder get healed. She went crazy after that. She did. She went and told everybody. She, somebody, somebody's got cancer. Hey, you, you need to come and, uh, like, we had some magical powers or something. Like, I, I don't have any magical powers. Like, I can pray for people, but don't tell them everything's going to happen because I don't know. What if it doesn't, you know? But she told people, like, hey, just, you know, watch. Watch this. We can pray. Watch God will do this. I mean, even over, like, a Skype call. Like, I'm sitting there thinking, like, a Skype call. But God did it over a Skype call. I remember thinking, like, I'm exhausted. This is a Monday. Doesn't anybody know that I don't do stuff on Mondays? Because I'm mentally deranged. Are you with me? Like, when you put out this much in, in, in energy in one day, all of a sudden, the next day, I'm, like, hung over. Are you with me? Like, it's just real. I'm just being real with you. Is it okay to be real? Come on. Come on. You're not an accident. John 1, verse 1, says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. Now, if you're reading in your Bible and you see that word, word, it's capitalized. Why is it capitalized? Because it's Jesus. Whenever you see like that, the word like that, you see just the word, word, it'll be lowercase. But when it's capitalized like that, it's actually Jesus. In the beginning, Jesus already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. Verse 4. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. You know, a lot of us, we feel like we're like leftovers. You know, like, like yeah, here's, here's the main course, but I'm just like the leftovers. We feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm the mess. I, I don't know how I made it through the conveyor belt when God was making people. Um, he made a lot of mistakes when uh, I'm pretty sure I should have been in the other bag with the belly flops and not with the jelly bellies. Are you with me? Come on, we're just getting real today. It's Halloween. Yeah, it's a, it's a candy, right? If people give out jelly bellies, I'd, I'd dress up for that. Come on, somebody. But in the midst of it, sometimes we just feel like we're, we're, we're leftovers. We're, we're the misshapen one. We're, we're the one that, you know, it's like I can't go to church because if I go to church, I'm going to get zapped by lightning, right? You're like, like oh, I don't want to be that guy. Like, I you know, I'm messed up. If I come to church, like, oh, gosh. Can I tell you something? Look around. Look around. Every single person you see, even the one on the stage, is messed up. It's messed up. We're all misshapen in some form or fashion. We've jacked up things in our life when we knew how to do it better. Are you with me? We've all fallen short. In the book of Romans, it says, all fall short of the glory of God. None of us measures up. Well, that gives you a lot of hope, doesn't it? Like, we, we all suck. But you know what? Jesus made it to where we didn't have to live like that. We didn't have to live in that truth anymore. Sometimes we feel like the screw-ups, but somehow we got through and we have purpose. Point number two. God had purpose in mind when he created me. Now, when we have a realization of this, it changes the way you do and the way you function in everything. If God created purpose in you, then walking it out is so much easier. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. You just say, God, who do you say that I am? All of a sudden, you walk with a different bit of swagger. Are you with me? You walk with a little bit of different confidence because you know that God has called you. And he says, everywhere I've put your foot, you, have, you can claim as your own. 
So you walk into a place and you say, hey, what can I do to add value to you? Are you with me? Something shifts in your demeanor. Something shifts in your heart. When people walk into your house, it's a different vibe that comes in there. Are you with me? Something shifts inside of you. Your family starts thinking different. You start walking different. You walk with a passion. Some of us, our passion have been sucked out of us. Watch the news every single night and see if your passion doesn't get sucked out of you. Go ahead. Do it. They don't, they don't, make, they don't make ratings if, unless it's something dramatic. Are you with me? So they'll take something that's not dramatic and make it dramatic so that you go, oh, my gosh. There are alligators running around the streets of French Valley. Right? There's just crazy stuff that goes on the news. And you sit there and worry and wonder, and, and it's craziness. It's craziness. But the question is, God, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? If he created me with purpose in mind, who do you say that I am? You know, I love Job in the Bible. Job, Job is a crazy character. Read the book of Job, and you'll, you'll, get, you'll start feeling better about yourself, okay? Better about your life. But Job questioned God. Why would you let these things happen to me? Why? Why would you let these things happen in my life? And then God reveals himself as the creator of all things. And here's Job's response and realization. And I think we all might need for our lives. Are you ready? Job 42 verse 2 says, I know that you can do anything. And no one can stop you. This is Job talking to God. Verse 3, you asked, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I. And I was talking about things I knew nothing about. Things too far too wonderful for me. Verse 4, you said, listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. I had only heard about you before, but now. Somebody say, but now. But now I have seen you with my own eyes. Verse 6, I take back everything that I said, and I sit in dust and ashes and show my repentance. Listen, I know repentance is an old school word. It's an old church word. Repent, 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 right, right. Fire and brimstone, here it comes. Are you with me? No. Listen, repentance just means to go admit that I'm wrong. I didn't, I don't, I don't got it all together. And Job, he's sitting there going like, ah, how come you're torturing me? How come you're taking all these things away from me? How come I'm experiencing all this? And God says, were you there when I put the stars in the sky? Were you there when I put the sand on the seashore? Were you there? No, you weren't there. How dare you question me, right? And it's that realization that like, whoa, God, you're so much bigger than all these things. You're so much bigger than all the stressors. You're so much bigger than all the things I've gone through. You're so much bigger than what's happened to me. Lord, I want you to happen in me. Are you with me? I want something to shift inside of me. You know, when one of my favorite authors is John Maxwell, and, and, and one of the things he says, that, he says that life is 10% what happens to you and 90% of what happens in you. Come on. Listen, whether you believe in God in here or not, this, this, this can change your business, this can change your family life, this can change how you think and everything. If you stop complaining about all the things that happen to you and start to change from the inside of what happens in you, 
because I could have I could have yelled at that guy when he was yelling some things at me this morning. I I could have I could have flipped him off right just as one of my church members was go, driving by and going, "Oh, pastor, oh dear, are you with me?" And it could have been a completely it could have ruined my day. Have you ever had your day ruined by somebody honking at you and telling you you're number one? Pastor Chelsea had that happen three times in one driving session. Was that yesterday or the day before? I mean, she's, she's like, I was sitting there, I was answering my emails and doing my thing, and, and, and she, she's like, that lady just flipped me off with both hands at the same time. She cut me off and then flipped me off as if it were my fault. Like, and it's just funny, right? Like, but it can ruin your day. It can. It can ruin your day. You ever had a fender bender and it ruins your day? Right? Just somebody's stupidity, right? As, you're walk, as you get to the grocery store and you look at the line and you're like, I don't know what this is, but it ain't Disneyland. Are you with me, right? It ruins your day. But what if it didn't? What if it didn't? What if something happened in you that was so much more than what was happening to you, right? All of a sudden, the things that would drive you nuts, the things that would just turn you off, that would make you angry, those same things now all of a sudden look like an opportunity. It's an opportunity to show God's love. It's an opportunity to show that you care. It's an opportunity to get over yourself. Come on, get over yourself. We are not the mistakes we made. There's a bigger picture. We start to realize that God didn't make a mistake when he made me. He made us with his purpose in mind. Each of us has purpose in the body of Christ. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Verse 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Listen, our battle is something that is so much more than we realize. The stuff that's happening around us, that, that 90, 90% of what happens in us, is, is, is God in you? That's the question. Did you allow God to start changing your thoughts and your mind and where you're going and what you're doing? If you can switch that up, all of a sudden you see the world through different lenses. Are you with me? As you look through those lenses, man, it's like the way I saw it this way, man, it was kind of blurry and kind of confusing and everything just became clear. You can't convince anybody of that until they put on their own lenses. Are you with me? Like, I can't convince anybody to love God or to know God, but I can't convince myself not to. Like when I've watched him do so many miracles and change so many lives, we've got to realize that God is at work. He has a plan. Point number three, are you with me? Here we go. Point number three, I will rebuke the strategies of the enemy and embrace the purpose God has for my life. Let's say that one again. I know it's a longer one. I will rebuke the strategies of the enemy and embrace the purpose God has for my life. It's time to expose the enemy for who he really is. It's time. He, he just sits, and, he, and he, the Bible says he's like a worm. He's like a little worm. And he, he just whispers in your ear, and he tries to tell you that you're worthless, that what happened to you disqualifies you. All those choices you made through college disqualify you. All the things that's going on in your life disqualify you. Why does he do that? He's known as the deceiver. He's the deceiver because he knows how much value you have. 
He knows how powerful you are. If you understood who God called you to be, you wouldn't sit in self-pity and self-turmoil all the time. Are you with me? All of a sudden, if, if you stop listening to that voice that's telling you that you can't make it, that you're never going to, why even try? Just, just go sit on the couch, eat ice cream, and cry. Are you with me? It's time to expose the enemy. His lies and deceit are because he knows the power and intention God has for your life. It's time to trade fear of consequence for faith in God. Come on. Somebody say, it's time to trade. It's time to trade fear of consequence for faith in God. It's time to trade compromise of character for purpose in God. Are you with me? It's time to trade depression for the love of God. It's time to trade these things. It's trading a life of sin and deception for a life filled with calling, purpose, and overcoming. Oh, my goodness. I'm so blessed to get to be your pastor. I'm so blessed to be a part of your life. And you know what? When I was sitting with, with Reuben and his family, and they're hurting and they're broken, and I was just, I'm just grateful that I get to be there with you in that. I get to tell you God's truth in the midst of your loss. And at that memorial, we saw at least 12 people raise their hand to give their life to Jesus. Purpose in the pain. There's purpose. Got to get through it. We got to keep pushing. And you know what? We're in this thing together. You're not alone. The person next to you is just as broken and just as messed up as you are. But we can do this thing together. We can become more together as we watch God move in and through our lives. Together. There's something that changes.